Hi friends, welcome to Koei's the Podcast. My name is Diamond James. I am a daughter, a friend, a creative in my own way, a storyteller, and a licensed therapist. While I am a therapist, this is not a substitute for therapy. So much of the world's conversation focuses on what we can do, create, and produce, how we can achieve a goal, but this is a space where I invite you to focus on your being self. So that's who you are when you're not producing. So thank you for joining me on this journey and tending to and watering our being selves. So first, I want to start off by saying I hope that you all are um, finding ways to take care of yourself. I feel like there's a lot happening in the world. And honestly, there's been a lot happening in the world for the past few years. <laughs> um, confession. Twitter is my guilty pleasure, um, although it can be seen as like the scum of the earth, you know, the underbelly of the world, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> it can be a funny space and an informative place. Um, and just so by being like on Twitter, it just seems like there's a lot happening. And so um, I hope that you all are finding ways, whether you're on social media or just looking at the news um, or just having conversations with people. Like, I hope that you all are really finding ways to take care of yourselves um, and to eliminate or minimize some of the noise because um, it's very noisy. There's a lot of chatter. And so my hope for you all is that you're finding ways to hold on to truth and to really decipher what is truth and what is chatter. Um, but that's not why I came on here today. But I did want to share that. For a few weeks now, though, I've been stewing on this idea of change. And today I wanted to talk about change and how change is hard. Uh, many of us are typically talking about changing in some capacity, whether that's like our diets, our habits, um, our routines, whatever. Change is typically a part of our language. But I'm often curious about how much time we actually invest in thinking about what goes into making changes. And so that's what I wanted to talk about. Uh, but first, a story. This is a true story. Uh, I was having a conversation with someone and we were talking about just experiencing persistent conflict in relationships. Um, if it's not one thing in one relationship, it's something in another. And in that conversation, we were talking about just being easily reactive to what people say or do. And so my question to this individual was, well, what does it look like for you to make choices that helps you to protect your peace? And this person made it really clear that they've never experienced um, what it's like to have peace in relationships. And so they couldn't really compute this idea of protecting their peace. We know that for many of us, like this is a term, this is another one of those buzzwords, right? It's a term that a lot of people use, but it was insightful and sobering in that moment to see that while this is a term that's commonly used like in the media, this is not a, a term that everyone is familiar or really acquainted with. And so in that conversation, a light bulb literally went off in that moment. Um, and I realized like I couldn't prompt or expect anyone to choose peace as a value when perhaps it's a foreign concept for them. By default, you know, we often bring our lens, our context and our values into a situation with another person. And when they say or do things, we wonder, well, why aren't they making choices aligned with our values? 
not realizing that their values and our values may not be one and the same. So obviously you can exchange peace for whatever the it is for you, but just to make things coherent and make sense, we can stay on the theme of peace. So for example, if you've lived in a chronic, uh, a home with chronic stress, right? It's a lot of high emotions, a lot of arguing, tension at home. Um, Maybe your neighborhood is filled with community violence. Um, There's like drama with neighbors. If you're in school, maybe there's like bullying. Or if you are at work, there's like work tension and work drama. If this is your environment on the regular, it makes sense that you don't really understand what peace is. You may hear the word, but you cannot fully embody what it means because it's not a common part of your own life. And perhaps because it's such a foreign concept in your life, although you may be familiar with the term, you may not believe it's attainable for you. And if we don't believe in our minds and our hearts that something is attainable or possible for us, what's the point of valuing it or making it a personal goal that we're working towards? What is the point of changing from our present reality if we don't feel like what we're trying to change towards is possible for us? Now, this may not be like an active cognitive process that's happening, but to some degree, if we stop long enough and we notice um, the decisions we're making, we may realize that maybe this is a thought process that's at play. Now, without considering this, it's easy to get frustrated or judge other people for continuously making decisions that are not healthy and that are leading to the same destructive patterns. It's easy to get frustrated when it seems like someone just isn't changing their ways. Or perhaps instead of getting frustrated or judging, we have an invitation to help someone see that peace or whatever it is, is actually attainable. That healthy living And a life without chronic stress is possible, not just for everyone else around them, but for them too. Perhaps instead of judging or getting frustrated, we're invited to journey with someone to help them step into that revelation and really believe within the depths of their being that they are not only worthy of peace, but it can be a tangible reality for them. See, our belief system informs our values and our values inform our choices and decision making. But if we only look at one person's choices and not dig deeper, we miss all of that. We miss the chance to get curious and seek understanding regardless of if we agree or not. We miss the chance to gain context and offer compassion to another person in their journey. Again, regardless if we agree or not. Now, let's flip it because this really isn't about other people. I've given an example of someone else, but when we're talking about these things, it's, it's typically for us to reflect for ourselves first. How many times have we found ourselves frustrated with ourselves, beating ourselves up, talking down to ourselves because we keep engaging in the same destructive behaviors? Not considering how our behavior is an indication of the things that we value or a window into our deep beliefs. 
In what ways are our destructive, prideful, disruptive, or unhealthy choices a window into our belief that certain things in life aren't actually possible or attainable for us? We don't really believe that certain things are attainable. We may not say it verbatim, but our choices reflect that we have this belief. Yes, for example, love is possible, but maybe a non-chaotic or stable love, we don't believe that that is attainable for us. So we keep choosing certain type of people. (laughs) It's okay, just say ouch. (laughs) Yes, peace is a real thing, but maybe because of our experiences, we don't believe peace is possible or real for us. Yes, achieving big goals and being the first in our family to walk out a different path is possible. We've seen it in many people around us, but maybe we don't really believe that it's realistic for us. And so we fall into familial and generational patterns that maybe aren't the healthiest. Maybe underneath there is an internal narrative that says, I don't feel worthy of whatever this said thing is. And so that is influencing what we value and what we choose to do or tolerate. These are the layered things that can be helpful for us to explore if we want to understand our choices and we want to understand maybe why change is hard. If we want to understand why it can be hard to break certain cycles. It may be helpful to ask, what are the core beliefs that have influenced what I value and what I believe is attainable for myself? Now, you may not believe it. Um, Maybe you've never even heard it or it's been a long time, but I want to let you know a few things. I want to remind you or introduce you to some truths. That friend, you are worthy of peace. Peace is attainable for you. You are worthy of a stable, non-explosive kind of love. That is attainable for you. You are worthy of a love that doesn't involve ghosting, okay? That is attainable for you. You are worthy of being seen and accepted in all of your layers. That is possible for you. There are people who will truly see you and draw close, not overlook you and run the other way. You are worthy of healthy friendships. That is a possibility for you. Now, I invite you to listen to these words over and over again and then add your own to help you rewrite the core beliefs and inner narratives that have shaped your values and have shaped your choices for so long. Because those things impact the difficulty of change, of us changing. If some of the changes that you're trying to make feel like death, (laughs) I just want to let you know that in some instances, that's exactly what it is. It is death. 
It's death to a version of yourself that you have been intimately familiar with for a long time, that you have been well acquainted with. It's a death to certain beliefs, norms, and maybe even values that you've had. But it's a death for a good reason. It's a death to help you emerge and awaken into a new life where you have healthier, maybe more sober values, where you truly believe things, you don't just say it. And because you really believe it, it leads to healthier decisions, healthier choices. So today, I really just wanted to offer a reminder that change is possible and change is hard. And we have the chance to offer compassion to ourselves when we're changing. We have the invitation to offer compassion to others as they're changing. And for those of us who are followers of Jesus, we have an invitation to receive compassion from our Father as we are changing. He sees us struggling to change. (laughs) And he offers us compassion as we intentionally try to evolve with him. So, as always, at the end of every episode, I give some sort of tip or question um, that's all relevant to tending to our being selves. It's things that maybe I've learned or I'm learning, things that I've been doing, or maybe even something that like someone else has suggested to me. Today, um... It's all about stillness. So I was having a conversation with a friend recently and we were just talking about like, what does it mean? What does it look like to be intentional in our lives? Um, And sometimes being intentional means being still, practicing stillness. Because it's in the stillness that we're able to get clarity. It's in the stillness that we're able to just be um, detached from all the busyness of life. It's in the stillness that we're able to get strategy for what it is that we need to do. And so there's this book that I read in the past called um, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. And there is a kind of like a workbook that goes with it. They call it the daily office where um, you have a chance to practice stillness and then you do some reading, etc. And so one of the ways that um, they coach people or introduce people to practicing stillness is by setting a timer. And so um, they start off with two minutes, set a two minute timer and just get in a comfortable spot and be still. Don't do anything, you know, try not to get sucked into all the thoughts, right? The, oh, what's for dinner? What do I need to do on my to-do list? Like you're trying to intentionally not get sucked up in those things and just be. Now, obviously the thoughts are going to come, but the goal is to just let them pass. And this is like a practical, if you've been in therapy before, maybe this is something that your therapist has um, introduced you to maybe in a different language, but Um, this idea of just kind of practicing stillness and not being caught up in your thoughts. um, It is a healthy practice for us. There's so much of life that looks like doing, right? I have to be somewhere. I have to do this. I have to go here. I have to make this. Like doing is what this culture does well. That sounds weird to say, but you know, like that is the message that continues to to go out. And so it's like anti-cultural to make a decision to practice stillness. But I think that it is a skill set um, that we would benefit from 
growing in, especially with the world being so noisy, with there being so much chatter. Sometimes we just have to take a moment to be still because sometimes we don't realize how much the external world is impacting and weighing on us. And so when we regularly practice stillness, it is a way to also kind of wipe off or let fall off the the impact and the weight of the world that we've been experiencing and carrying even when we didn't realize it. So that is the tip. Um, obviously, you can start with two minutes and then once you get in the rhythm of two minutes, you can go up five minutes and then you can just keep expanding your time for as long as you feel comfortable with. Um, another benefit is that it soothes your nervous system. So you, because you're not being stimulated by any external factor, this is a moment where your nervous system can just rest. So as always, I want to hear how this goes for you. Um, I feel like this is a, this is a difficult one for me. I'll say that. Um, but I would love to hear how this practice, this tip or tool goes for you. Um, and thank you for spending time with me today, for listening, for accepting the invitation to journey with me. And thank you for inviting others on this journey. We are on the journey together of becoming first and foremost. And then from that place, we share with the world whatever gifts, talents, and skills we have. Remember, the earth is waiting for you. Rooting for you always. 